Welcome to this podcast from Neurogastroenterology and Motility. It publishes original research and topical reviews on basic and clinical aspects of gastrointestinal sensation and motility, as well as brain-gut interaction. So welcome everyone to this month's podcast from Neurogastroenterology and Motility. My name is Adam Farm and I'm a gastroenterologist at the Wingate Institute of Neurogastroenterology in London. This month it's my great pleasure to welcome uh, my friend and colleague Dr Christina Brock from the University of Aalborg. So Christina, many thanks for joining us on the podcast and congratulations to you and your co-authors on your paper entitled Transcutaneous Cervical Vagal Nerve Stimulation Modulates Cardiac Vagal Tone and Tumor Necrosis Factor Alpha. So Christina, if I could ask you to start with, what's the role of the vagus nerve in pain and inflammation? So thank you very much for inviting me and thank you for giving me this opportunity to actually discuss this of my favorite uh, topic um, and uh, inflammation and the autonomic nervous system. So the autonomic nervous system is a brain-body interface which is largely thought to uh, regulate homeostasis but it is also the main neural substrate of the parasympathetic branch uh, and it has been discovered recently that the role of the uh, um, autonomic nervous system is to immediate and dampen the inflammatory response um, which could serve as a valuable uh, therapeutic tool in the future. So that's really interesting. I think there's um, uh, emerging data out there now that does uh, suggest that the vagus nerve has an important uh, um, analgesic effect, but also an anti-inflammatory effect. So Christina, how can you stimulate the vagus nerve? So there are different methods how you can uh, stimulate the vagus nerve. And uh, until very recent, it has mainly been in uh, operative uh, implantable devices on the vagal nerve, mainly at the cervical vagus nerve in the neck. But now there is more uh, opportunities with transcutaneous stimulation where you can use an ear device and or you can use um, a a small uh, non-invasive device that you can stimulate directly on the vagus nerve on the neck. Yes, and I think the um, uh, vagus nerve in, in the ear, the auricular branch of the vagus nerve has been has been well studied, but there, there is a handheld device called GammaCore now which you can uh, stimulate the vagus uh, nerve uh, directly through the skin uh, in the neck. So, Christina, what were the objectives of your study? So, this, the objectives were to study some validated parameters of the level of inflammation uh, following stimul- transcutaneous stimulation of the vagal nerve with a handheld gamma core device. And of course you measured uh, cardiac vagal tone uh, using the uh, neuroscope uh, device as well. What methods did you use in your study? So the methods we, we used and the protocol was that uh, um, the people should enter the study and relax and should have assessed their uh, vagal tone prior to um, stimulation and then they should uh, have it assessed immediately after in order to confirm that they were able to raise their vagal tone and then we would uh, take blood samples uh, prior to stimulation 90 minutes after and 24 hours after 
in order to follow the development of the profile of the circulating uh, pro-inflammatory and um, anti-inflammatory cytokines. And of course you did this study in, in healthy uh, volunteers, didn't you? What were the key results uh, from the study? So to our surprise, and we were really thrilled about this, was that we could uh, show a, an association between the raise in cardiac vagal tone and the decline in the circulatory level of the TNF-alpha. And that is actually really interesting because, as you said, this was done in healthy and you would not expect that they, per se, would have a, an increased level of these uh, cytokines. So even in healthy, we were able to show this remarkable association. So what were the limitations of your study? So uh, there's always a lot of limitations and I think uh, one of the major limitations here was that it was an, an open label study. You'd always like it to be randomized and, and blinded, but here it was open. However, I don't think that any of our participants would be able to influence their level of cytokines based on the knowledge that they were actually actively stimulated. But of course it wasn't uh, compared to, uh, to placebo, uh, which was another limitation in my reading of the study. So where do you think the knowledge gaps lie in the field and, and how do we go about, to, how do we go about uh, resolving these uh, in the future? So I think, I think we're, we're in the infancy of uh, exploring uh, the association between uh, the autonomic system and the inflammatory profile. And I think that there's an accumulating evidence suggesting that the modulation of the parasympathetic tone will result in a broad physiological and multi-level response. And I think future, uh, future research should really focus on differentiating between the pro-inflammatory cytokine response in terms of TNF-alpha like here and interleukin 1 and 6, whereas uh, the anti-inflammatory cytokine res uh, response, such as the interleukin 10, is just as uh, interesting. Absolutely, and I think there's certainly preliminary evidence uh, now uh, from Crohn's disease with the Professor Bonaz, and as well as rheumatoid arthritis, that in fact vagal nerve stimulation could be uh, a potential treatment option in these in these groups, but do you, do you see this as a, a potential treatment option in in perhaps in, in inflammatory bowel disease or other immune mediated disorders, particularly the the handheld device? I think actually it's it's really really important for us to elucidate now whether there is a therapeutic window in electrical modulation of the vagal nerve because it could serve as an, uh, a warranted alternative as it is non-pharmacological and it is indeed shown to, to affect the neuroimmune modulatory interventions also in other chronic inflammatory disease such as rheumatoid arthritis. So I think that this much more broadly and a, a physiological modulation leads us to a more pronounced effect than going for a very narrow pharmacological target um, biological treatment in these diseases. 
Yes, absolutely. I think uh, the data does suggest that this uh, technology is, is very safe. So, Christina, with that, I'd like to thank you and your other co-authors for an excellent paper and indeed for assisting in this month's uh, podcast and also to our listeners for tuning in. I look forward to welcoming you again uh, next month on another instalment of the podcast. Further information about this paper can be found on the journal website. We hope that you have enjoyed this podcast and we look forward to welcoming you to next month's edition.